0: I miss Mossy's trucks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
1: We you all want Moss out.
0: back on the show.
1: Now, you did hear me mention that, uh, Tony, you're hosting today, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what Leo has to say about that. If you want it, you can have it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right. All right. I'll do it. Man. Probably going to be a quick show, too. No. Uh, no, yeah. you, you you jinxed it already. It's going to be I'm a four-hour show. Yeah. I'm
1: trying. I'm trying.
2: <laughs> Every time you say that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a super quick show today.
2: It's midnight yeah. when I get to bed. Uh, <laughs> oh, you know what?
1: It's good for uh, you. It's good for you.
2: Oh, you got nothing either? Nothing. I don't hear anything. Whoa! Yeah. All right, hang on. Hang on. Ooh. Let me go fix. <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. Corncast. <laughs> <laughs> For all users of Linux. This is episode 362. Livestream information is at mincast.org slash livestream. We're in the Mincast channel, not on Freenode at irc.spotchat.org. If you see something that you'd like to hear about, tell us. Send us email at mincast at mincast.org. Join us live on YouTube. Post at the Mincast subreddit. Chat with us on Telegram, Discord, Matrix, Facebook, or post directly at mincast.org. This is Leo. And with me today is Joe Hello without the e, why do you not have an e" in the show notes? you're just you're just Joe all right <laughs> and Bo uh, also no e no e, e but I think I think that's supposed to be that way, right yeah, it's always that way
1: <laughs> why is it not spelled uh, b e a u It's the southern oh. spelling,
3: not the French spelling that's uh. it
2: <laughs> and Tony Hughes hi guys. we're recording on Sunday. The 30th of May, 2021. Tony, did you write that in there? It's backwards. <laughs> First up, in our wanderings, I've been system building. Joe's been playing with his new 3D printer. Bo has range anxiety. And Tony has been learning about creating YouTube videos. Then in our news, I get to wing it. And Freenode, taken over by Andrew Lee. Ubuntu, Fedora, our abandoning ship. The material shells available for Gnome 40. Fedora 32 is end of life. Inkscape is new. And SUSE uh, might be a little disappointed. Or SUSE. SUSE? SUSE. I don't know. One of those. In security, we talk about a Linux rootkit that's showing its face. Fish. So this past fortnight, uh, number one, uh, with all of those extras, uh... <laughs> I feel like I did Owen a disservice. Now he has to choose where to cut all that. Uh, So, yeah. Hey, that'll be fun. The build that I was talking about last time, finally finished. It came in on, uh, what is today? Today is Sunday. It came in two days ago, so I built it two nights ago. Wait, one night ago. Two nights ago? I don't know. I can't math. But anyway, recently... And this was the uh, 5800X with the uh, 5700XT, uh, went 32 gigs of RAM. I've got a PC part picker list. You can click on the thing, and you can see all the bits minus the uh, the storage. Because uh, some of that storage is so old, you can't even find it on PC part picker anymore. Um, but everything is there but the storage. Uh, if you're on the live stream, you can kind of see some of that. Oh, yeah. Mm mm And one thing about it, I think, is um, it runs a little hot. So I think that number one, I think that's the fifty eight hundred x i've I've read all over the place that particular chip is just a hot chip, so you've got you've got to go above and beyond to keep it nice and cool um and from uh, really just kind of burning itself out, i guess, but it does thermal throttling and all that kind of fun stuff, so I, I don't really have to worry I can abuse it and it will just kind of take care of itself but i got the I, I got an all in one cooler i've never done liquid cooling before I got the ML-120L, the Corsair, but it's a single uh, single fan. So I didn't expect a lot from it, and it performs better than I expected, really, uh, for a single fan all-in-one cooler. I mean, to be honest with you, I think a lot of people compare those to stock coolers, maybe just a, like a step or two above a stock cooler, um, but it does pretty good. Idle, I'll sit anywhere between 36 and 38 Celsius, which is nice, and that's fine, Um and doing things on the desktop it might jump up to 50 C 51 52 something like that so it's a little on the toasty side for not doing a whole lot and during games i think um i think the most intense game i played lately was black desert online because they're doing some kind of back end server switch thing where yeah. you got to No you know it on about Linux this or are you playing it on windows on on windows you made me say it you made me say okay. it but why would you make me do that well
3: no cuz we talked about it on <laughs> cpk um or I said, think about it. CKP. CKP, come um, on. <laughs> um, yeah, we. I couldn't get it to run on Linux like whatsoever. So if you had gotten Ooh. it to work, I wanted to know how you did it. I'll the only try. Way it. I could. Yeah, the only way I could play it on Linux was by using like a, uh, you know, like a streaming service. Um, uh, the Nvidia, Yeah, the Nvidia streaming service. God, it, it wouldn't. It wouldn't run it at all through Proton.
2: Oh yeah. Well, that's that's yeah. I I don't imagine that's not the case. I mean, I'll probably run into the exact same thing you did. Um. But uh, it's been maybe two years or something since I played it. I don't know. It's been a long time, um, right? And when I came back, there's like twice as many classes. So I rolled a new character, got up to level fourteen or fifteen, something like that. And yeah. oh, man, it was it was a lot more fun than I remember it being. It's it, it reminds a whole me a lot of yeah. yeah, It reminds me a lot of Terra in in that you have. Mm. I mean, it, it's very. You don't really have a target. Like you don't mm-hmm. select a target and then fight that target. You. I mean, you shoot in a general direction or you swing your axe in a general direction and you hit it. So positioning and making sure you're facing the right direction is very important in that game.
3: Yeah. Have you ever played Elder Scrolls? uh, Elder Scrolls Online? Mm-mm. It's kind of a a mix between the two. Very very directional, but you still target.
2: Oh, I see. So Neverwinter is a lot like that where where it's very directional as well. Um, And that one I think I did get to work on Linux, yeah, so I guess Black those, Desert will be my next yeah. project. So uh, during Black Desert Online, when is is when I hit my my highest normal temperatures, which was uh, I think it was like seventy two, hit seventy two or seventy three. Well, that's that's toasty, man. That's that's a little too toasty for my preference. But again, uh, single fan, all in one, it, it worked okay. It was fine. It kept it not in the red, so that was that was all right. Um, the one thing though that I did do was uh let it churn for I don't know maybe about thirty minutes under prime ninety five mm. yeah, we hit ninety c on that one, so that's
3: that's way too hot. It's pretty hot, but I mean that's also like designed to overwork it. you know what I mean? like you're
2: oh yeah, of course, of course, you're and
3: intentionally running it hot,
2: but here's the thing though i I do plan on uh doing a little Monero mining and uh, oh, I do a lot okay. of I do a little bit of video transcoding, audio transcoding, so I mean. It's not like I don't push the processor a lot. And I mean, this is what really pushed me to get the 5800X rather than, you know, something else. I wanted the 59, but eh, you can't get it. So uh, I got the 5800X for a lot of those purposes. And uh, so I will be pushing it. I might actually see those temperatures in actual real scenarios, not just prime 95. So if I do see those temps, I'm going to have to do something else for cooling. There's,
3: do you think you'd ever do the custom liquid cooling thing? Have you done that in the past
2: uh if if money weren't an object, yeah, I mean I totally <laughs> would Th- that stuff is so cool yeah. and okay, so do you know those lava lamps that are not lava lamps so they they like um okay, so we know lava lamps are just like that that oil suspended in that liquid and it just kind of in you know cylinders kind of moves up and down right ovals and stuff there's there's a kind of liquid. That it's not oil or anything like that, but it—I uh, don't—I really don't know how to explain it. I tried to explain it to one of my friends I the know, other day.
1: I, I do know what you're talking about. I don't remember what it's called either, but um, as it heats up, it very quickly turns into a gas, and then so that forces it up to the top, and then more liquid comes down to the bottom, and that very quickly adjusts the temperature for the all the metal downwards, and then that keeps happening and keeps happening.
2: I'm—I'm I'm just thinking like the look of it. It looks like smoke in a bottle, yeah, it, but it's, it's all bubbling. liquid. It's
1: bubbling the whole time. So
2: I wish I could find it. A uh, lava Any, lamp smoke. Like, I don't, I don't even know what to look for because that isn't none of that. That's those, half of those are not even lava lamps, man. But, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It, but it, but uh, the liquid inside of it looks like it's swirling around. So if I could find liquid that, that would do that inside of these, these open-loop systems... I would be way oh. more inclined to do it because you know there's like glitter in there and all kinds of stuff. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong, I'm I'm all about the RGB. Once that stuff started coming out, and I got a keyboard that had had RGB on it, I was like, all right, we just have to do the whole thing. And so my case, my fans, the liquid cooler, the RAM, everything, everything is RGB. I spent a few extra dollars to get all the RGBness, and oh, it's fantastic, man! Like, I thought I would hate it, I love it. It's like a it's like a nightlight for the the computer area. So yeah. I never trip on stuff it's it's fantastic. I saw you got the Lee and Lee case, yeah so i've I've bought cases like that, but I've never had a Lee and Lee and wow. oh wow the the uh, the fact that it seems like everything in that case was really well thought out. I mean, oh yeah, just I, I don't I don't know how to explain that other than when I tried to do something that frustrated me in the past, Lee and Lee had something in place that made that way easier, so and it, it's just. That yeah. kept happening over and over and over and over and over again. I've had I've had Corsair cases, Thermaltake cases. Um, uh, what is that other oh, company? I can't remember the name of them. Um,
3: Cooler Master, they make cases. NZXT. That's what I have now. I really case. wanted the
2: NZXT uh, something I plus something or another. Uh, I have
3: no idea what the one I have is. I bought it actually like used on their website. They had a, like a, a dented and damaged section kind of deal. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so I got it, I got it cheap because it had a dent in it. And oh, dent, that's cool. The dents in the back where you can't see it. So I'm, I'm cool with this.
2: It. <laughs> so I've got it on screen now, this thing, um, cause it's got the front fans and I mean, it just looks sleek. It's just super yeah. sleek. Yeah. This, this, this looks, so this
3: I think is the newer version of what I have. Mine doesn't oh, okay. have that, Mine is glass, like, all the way on the side. I don't have this part at the bottom, this rectangle at the bottom. Oh, I
2: got it. And yeah, so we're, we're looking at the, for those of you that are just listening, we're we're looking at the H510 series in ZXPKs. Um And, I mean, it looks fantastic. But I went with the, the Lee and Lee uh, land Cool something. Let me see if I can click on it. Uh, see, I it actually had it up. Oh, yeah. wait, no, it was the wrong button.
3: <laughs> there so, we go. Land cool yeah. 215. That's ATX mid tower, that's the one. I never thought I'd be a fanboy for a case company, but I love Lee and Lee. I had one of their oh, cases yeah. many years ago. It was the the huge full tower that like every PC gamer had, you know, back in this time period. It's so old; it didn't have any one twenty millimeter one twenty millimeter fans because mm-hmm. the case came out prior to that being like the thing.
2: Oh, and, it was all eighty so, or something.
3: Yeah, it was all eighty. So like. There was you could buy the top piece was just riveted in, and there was people that had taken the top piece and then cut one twenty millimeter holes in it and then sold oh. just the top piece on on eBay. And mm-hmm. so you could rivet yours out and then and put theirs in. And then also a common thing was to cut a one twenty millimeter into the side. But I used that case like forever, and I gave it to a friend of mine who still uses it. Like it, they, those are the best cases, like hands down.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, man, and I mean. They've kept up with it. I, I can't. There was not a single thing I disliked about this case, man. Not a single thing. And I yeah. find something I hate about every case. Like, oh, this one's got sharp edges. Or, oh, this one has the, uh, the little rubber thing to bring your cables through. Like, that's too far out. Or just something. <laughs> yeah. There's always something. Like, the little standoffs from the motherboard already fit for an ATX motherboard. So all I yeah. literally had to do is just put it in, screw it down, the end. It was fantastic. Um, I ended up with an extra case fan because that back case fan I just took off because I I, that's where I mounted my all-in-one heat sink to, to push air out. So I mounted it in the back, and I've got two 140s on top. So this leads me to my next point, which is if I upgrade from this cooler, I cannot go with an all-in-one. I'm, I, I considered it, but then I would have to sacrifice the 140s that I bought and put on top. Mm. uh i guess i don't i can i can mount the the, the cooler in the front yeah you can right, mount the right. cooler in the front i'm looking at the case yeah, that's now. true that's true i could do that's that that's the too. way
3: that's the way my setup is here i'll take a picture of this and uh send it to you Maybe we can post it somewhere where people can see
1: it i don't know but
2: oh yeah just send it to me to wherever is. i'll bring it up i'll bring it up in the in the browser um
1: it but yeah so it depends on the size of your radiator um i know some you can mount it in the back if it's a shorter radiator
2: yeah, well, that's, that's how I have it now, and you can only mount, in this case, you can only mount a 120, um, and I was thinking about maybe I could do a 240, so two 120 millimeter fans, uh, you know, side by side on a, uh, on a longer, um, what do you call that, you know, water block, whatever that is, um, and then just put it on the top, but I forgot, this case, you can mount it in the front, so right in front of those two big 240 or 200 millimeter fans, by the way, those fans are fantastic, oh my God. They blow so much air, and you cannot hear them. I mean, maybe just a tiny wind noise or whatever. When you get close to it, you can hear that air moving. But outside of that, there's no buzz or anything like that. I will say, I didn't realize that I cared about the um, orientation and the centeredness of those circular stickers on the fans until I caught myself staring at these RGB fans changing colors and stuff, and then you realize the um, the the stickers are not always exactly centered so they like they look like they vibrate and that that is the one thing that bothered me about the build but it had nothing to do with the case um, just sticker placement i could just take the stickers off and it would fix that but it just uh uh get the stickers right people that <laughs> that hurt my soul
3: that might would bug me. What What do you think the cost increase of the fan would be if they had
2: to increase the quality control to make sure the sticker was exactly lined up? An extra twenty bucks. <laughs> like the fan would itself you... is twenty bucks. RGB is yeah. twenty bucks. Sticker placement twenty bucks. Sixty dollar fan. <laughs> 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 oh man! All right. Well, I'll. Uh, oh, so my last point was if I was going to go with an all-in-one, I have to mount it in the front. I don't know if I want to do that um, because it's it's. The way the case is oriented, I can't see the RGB And the whole point. Well, I guess I could just get a non-RGB version. But, I mean, it, it's, it's unicorn puke all over the place. I need to add as much as I can. Um, if I don't do that, what I was planning on doing was just going back to the the typical Hyper 212, uh, but going in a, a full push-pull where I've got um, the fan on the front pushing air through the heat sink and the fan on the back of the heat sink pulling air through. And one thing I will say... Cooler Master Sickle Flow fans are fantastic. $20, I think it's, you can get the 120 or the 140 millimeter for 20 bucks, give or take, a couple dollars. Uh, they're full RGB, ARGB, so they can do the crazy, wavy, all that stuff. Um, and they just, they they move a lot of air. The The 140s I have on top, I mean, you can just put your hand on there, o- over that, and just feel the, the a ton of air moving. So... I've fallen in love with these fans, so Hyper 212 for probably forty bucks, a couple of fans for maybe an extra twenty bucks, uh, a couple twenty dollars if I just do if I do the whole push pull thing. Um, but that's about the cost of a a slightly less than the cost of a good two forty millimeter all in one, and I know I can trust Air always. I've always trusted it; it's always served me well. I do an all in one, albeit probably a little weak for this processor, and it just it kind of underwhelms. You so, kept saying eh. that,
1: and all I could think was a push-pull leg split.
2: <laughs> if I knew what that was, Joe, <laughs> that would be a lot funnier. I, I could explain it, but that's <laughs> a different show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That one's uh, that one's bench cast. All right. Well, anyway, Joe, I'll hand it over to you. I've been, I've been taking too much time talking about my new build, but uh, I, I don't know. When it comes to computers, I can't shut up.
1: <laughs> well, uh, in case you didn't hear Leo earlier, um, I got a new 3D printer, and I'm loving it. I Woo. got the ender 3 v2 finally uh, i've been printing on it like crazy with the thing since me and my son put it together um the only thing that i have an issue with is that it doesn't work very well with repetier um so mostly printing from micro sd card and i'm sure that the interface with repetier will improve over time um so now for now i'm going to have to rethink my whole 3d printer setup and i kind of have already and um, um, my enclosure, I'm not using it right this minute. I'm gonna remove the uh, mono price maker select v two from there and then completely reseal the enclosure, get rid of the the blue tape that I'm using for some of the seals, and then put the uh, the ender three v two in there. And I don't think it's gonna go back in the back corner, so I'm not gonna have a dedicated three d printing corner, but um, i'm I'm moving some other stuff around in my garage and trying to make some room and um once that's set up uh, i'll probably share some pictures of it. it 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 should look pretty good um and it'll be right next to one of my um monitors for my setup in my garage and it the the v2 is a lot or the ender 3 v2 is a lot quieter than my old printer with the uh, 32-bit board, the silent drivers. The only thing is is, is the fans are a little bit loud. But uh, from what I understand, that's a pretty easy fix if I'm willing to purchase the uh, Noctua fan replacements, which should be interesting. Um, also, my fridge in the garage had the capacitor go out. It, it smelled horribly like like burnt plastic or, or burnt tires. Um, which, which Ooh, did cause so it some, blew up? Well, the capacitor did, and and yeah, it didn't blow up. It just slowly melted, I guess, because the, the, the smell was continuous. But uh, it did cause some confusion because I was doing a long 3D print when it first started. And, you know, you smell burning plastic, and you got a brand new 3D printer that's been running for 12 hours on a 24-hour print. What's the first thought that comes to your mind? So... I stopped that print halfway through, and that kind of sucked, especially since the smell continued. Um, And then, well, I figured the next newest thing in my garage was that secondhand freezer that I had picked up. And, um, well, I pulled everything out of that freezer, got it into the other freezers, and the smell still persisted. So then it it had to be the refrigerator because it was coming from that general area. So I, I ordered a new... Capacitor, $10 fix, right? <clears throat> Not a big deal. It it took a long time to show up from Amazon. It was like three days late, but it finally got to me. And I had to rearrange my whole garage so I could get to the back of the refrigerator easily. And then I replaced that, um, that capacitor. I made sure it was in the right way. Uh, plugged it back in. And the first thing that happens is the magic smoke escapes. Yeah, um that refrigerator is dead and is gonna be picked up on Tuesday, so um I, I, I need to find a different refrigerator. Notice I didn't say a new refrigerator because I'm not buying I'm not paying for a new refrigerator that's just gonna sit out in my garage. I will buy a used one. And if it only lasts two years, I don't care. So did you re- did you order just the capacitor or was this just like the capacitor. a capacitor? Oh
3: wow, okay. And so you had to unsolder the old one and solder the new one in.
1: With those, they're snap in. Oh, they. Oh, okay. Yeah, wow. yeah. And I didn't have to, you know, worry about turning into bacon <laughs> w- with my soldering iron because capacitors are always fun to work with. Yeah. Yeah. Really. It's, it's just you pop off the the. There's a, a a little retainer clip. You pop that little retainer clip to the side, and it pulls right out.
3: Hmm. I have never had good luck with refrigerator repairs um there was one weekend where our refrigerator or i guess appliance repairs our refrigerator and our washing machine went out the same like the same weekend Um, oh and i ordered parts for the fridge and i I thought oh sure i can do this i ordered parts that came in didn't work so then i thought well maybe it's this other thing so and i didn't know anything about what i was looking at i was just basing this on visually like what they look like that looks burnt up i'll replace that and um, after two tries of ordering parts on Amazon, it still didn't work. So I just decided just to replace the fridge. And then literally the day we paid for the new fridge, the washing machine broke. And so <gasps> I've just, I've never had good luck. Never had good luck with this appliance repair deal.
2: Wow. I did, uh, I did an oven repair. The, uh, it's an electric oven. Then the bottom element broke. Oh, I don't yeah. know what happened. Actually, when we got down in there, you could see where something had happened, where it basically burned almost all the way through the element itself. And mm. when we were taking it out, I mean, the thing just snapped apart. And, uh, I mean, the new, the new one was super easy to, to install. I mean, it, it slides right into these two little slots or whatever. But the hard part was, like, getting all of the parts out of the oven so you can get to the element. Um, that's the only appliance repair I've ever done, and it came out fairly successfully. Uh, we, can, we can oven things now.
3: But well, to link the other things that- as to what Joe was saying, like... There's almost no point in buying a new appliance these days because, like, your grandparents have the same appliances they've had like since they got married. You know? Oh yeah. But if you yeah. buy something new, they last
2: five years. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. they they last the length of the warranty, whatever the warranty <laughs> yeah, says. Exactly. That's how long they will last. <laughs> I mean, don't expect them to last any longer than that.
1: Almost to the day. Oh, well, yeah, oh, dude, for the yeah. warranty, it'll it'll be like the following week is when it when it, when, it, when it's going to start having major problems.
2: And you know what? Speaking of the warranty. I did look into the warranty so when when our oven went out I looked into the warranty and I was like well I wonder how much it would be cuz surely there'll be some kind of you know cost to this it's not free. Um and it turns out you have to uh, choose one of the repair places that the company dictates. And I mean I guess that's that's fine but um basically they'll only pay for the part and then you pay for the service. So oh, that man. I mean that that was uh, the service is the biggest expense. Right So. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, so we just decided to dive in and do it ourselves, and it. I mean, I think it cost us $100 total, whereas it would have cost us something like four or $500 for the guy to come out and put it in, and it's like, yeah. that's a lot of money, I can't, <laughs> I'm not going to spend that much money when it's just a plug-in kind of thing.
1: The only other thing that I might have could have replaced is the thermostat, because I wasn't going to do the compressor, I'm, I'm not going to play around with Freon, because yeah. I'm You know, I have no clue. Uh, I'm not going to be able to drain it. I'm not going to be able to refill it. So I'm going to pay my money to get this thing towed away. And that's going to be it. I'll get a different refrigerator.
2: And there are a lot of restrictions on Freon too. I mean, it's it's hard to just go in and buy some and then just go home and use it. uh, Refill something with it.
1: With the disposal of the refrigerator, I could technically do um, like bulk pickup for my area. But the only way they'll pick up the refrigerator for bulk pickup is if I have a service technician come out and verify that all the Freon is drained.
2: Oh, yeah. And if Uh
1: having a guy comes out and it's a minimum one hour and they're going to charge $150 an hour, then there's no point in me doing the free bulk pickup, which is going to cost me $150 when I can pay a guy $70 just to take the dang fridge.
2: Yeah, and I mean, th- honestly, that right there is the explanation for why companies give their hardware away. Like, they'll just give it to people because they'll consider the donation, use that as a write-off, and they don't have to deal with any of the disposal fees or anything else that, ha- that, that you have to deal with, with uh, you know some of the lead or, or the different chemicals and things like that that come with servers. So, yeah, uh, call your uh, local MSP and ask if they have stuff they want to get rid of because odds are, They do. And it's for that reason right there. Hmm.
1: Well, also, when I was uh, picking up my new 3D printer, I I got a new case for my Raspberry Pi 4. I know I said before that I was going to go fanless on it, but uh, Micro Center had a a really good price on the cases that look like original Nintendos. And I I just couldn't resist. Oh, (laughs) the the nostalgia, man.
2: You can't get away from that.
1: Yeah. I mean, here it is on camera.
2: I haven't put Brent. it together yet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I dig it. The, uh, the one that I was looking at, uh, because mine runs hot, I, so I run it like, uh, so I have the official Raspberry Pi case. I run it with like the hood popped. you oh, know? like. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> otherwise, so I mean, the case is still on it to protect us and me from smacking it. But, um, yeah, it it's basically has to be clamshell open. Otherwise, that thing will hit 60C just sitting there. So it's, uh, it's, it's hot. But the one I was looking for was there's an all-aluminum metal chassis that, Mm -hmm. like, the Mm -hmm. case itself acts as the heat sink. sink, That's the one I was looking at.
1: I was looking for the same one when I went in and Ah, and picked up this one, but they didn't have that one at Micro Center. Um, Got it. um, And I could have ordered from... you know, Amazon, but this was there and I was there and it looks like the original Nintendo and that's, that's, that's awesome.
2: And it's got a fan, so it'll keep <laughs> it's it got cool. a fan.
1: Well, so. my problem with my old one is it had a fan too, um, and it came with the power supply and everything. It just, the fan ended up getting loud over time. So what I'm going to end up having to do is just ordering a bunch of those tiny little fans and do my own replacements.
2: Well, what well, I mean, how big is that fan? It's it can't be more than like thirty mil. Yeah, thirty mil. I mean, it's, these 40. are tiny little fans, and if they do more than like a hundred RPM, they're just they squeal. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, any any little fan is just it's tough. It's tough to do. So if it's quiet, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. I think that's my one requirement for anything I build anymore. If it if I can hear it over, you know, a, a minimum amount of noise, nah, it's too loud. <laughs> Get, get rid of that fan. I'm out. I need something else.
1: I, I know I've mentioned on the show my my problems with uh, Linux and Bluetooth. Um, I did found, find something that helped a little bit with my uh, Bluetooth keyboard. Well, Bluetooth keyboards. And that makes them connect that little bit quicker and have less problems with um, disconnect and reconnect. Um, I added a config fast connectable equals true at slash ETC slash Bluetooth slash main.com. It's you just scroll down and you find that fast connectable and it's usually set to false. And it's also usually commented out. You uncomment it and then change it from false to true. Um, And it's fixed many of the issues that I have had with Bluetooth. Although I do still see some reliability issues um, and it does use a bit more power. I have still noticed some missed keys, but not as many. But uh, that might be the keyboard. I did have to reinstall the firmware on the keyboard, which helped a little bit too. Um, But that was because of how often it was missing double presses. Like, you know, if a word had two letters that were the same just in a row, it it would always miss the second one. So uh, I reinstalled the firmware and... uh, yeah, it, it helped a little bit, but I'm still having some other problems with the F keys. Um, speaking of the RK100, I'm definitely not as pr- impressed with it as I once was. Uh, the USB dongle mode is janky. It still sometimes misses keys. So and- so
2: every every time it misses keys, you just yell out F key, right? Yeah,
1: pretty much. Um, (laughs) But I, I got most of the missed keys and most of the extra double presses fixed with that firmware fix and the Bluetooth fix. The problem I'm having now is that all of the F keys are mismatched. Like the secondary functions, like if I press function and then F key, it works just fine. And this is only in the USB dongle mode. But um, if I do a normal F5, it doesn't, like, refresh or anything like that. It tries to do keyboard backlight instead. So I don't know what the heck is going on there. But if I switch to Bluetooth mode, which Bluetooth still has some issues with miskeying and things like that, the F keys work just fine. But Or if I go to wired mode, it also worked. All the keys work just like how they're supposed to. But if I'm in that USB dongle mode, the 2.5 gigahertz or 2.4 gigahertz, whichever it is, those F keys simply don't work right. I can type almost perfectly with hardly any missed keys whatsoever, but I can't use any of the function keys. Um, Mm. I don't know what the deal is. I don't know how
3: this relates, but maybe this is a clue, maybe not. Um, But I know that some laptops have like in the BIOS, how you want your your FN key to work, whether the function keys are F1 through 12 or they're the the FN version.
1: Believe me, I did look at that too. But if that were the case, then it would be in every mode and with every keyboard that I was having that problem. And I wouldn't have that exact same problem when I switched devices. And I did try it on three different devices, which means that it is the keyboard.
3: Yeah, no, I I agree. I'm wondering if the keyboard has some sort of setting, um, which is why
1: I replaced the firmware.
3: Yeah, hmm. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I I've looked. Maybe there is some kind of setting that's built into the um, RK100, the Royal Kludge 100, that I can't find that in that specific mode that I can't switch out of. But I. You know, if it were a setting in the keyboard, I would assume that it would be in all three modes instead of just the one. So I'm I'm, I'm not sure. Hopefully, someone from Royal Cludge listens to the Mintcast and can get, <laughs> get back to me and, and, and provide yep. a fix on this.
3: I think yep. the real solution would be if it had two space bars. Then then you
2: could do what you wanted. Uh, oh, well, look at you trying to <laughs> hack the system seventy six.
1: I'm sure. I'm sure that I could go in and. Um, Either rewrite the firmware myself, which that's not going to happen, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or or I could um, remap all of those keys manually in Linux uh, using some specific program. Here's oh the yeah, funnier yeah. thing. Here's another funny thing. It works fine just how it's supposed to perfectly in Windows.
2: Oh, so it is. It is a Linux bluetooth Bluetoothy kind of issue. Then
1: I, I don't know what the what the issue is. Like I said, I, I, it's got to be something with the keyboard because uh, you figure if it was Linux Linux alone, then um, it, or my Linux alone, it would just have been on the one machine, or it would have been in, on all modes, but it's not. Mm. So weird. W- w- where do I go from here?
2: I you throw I'm, it away.
1: N- no. No. What, what, what was that bo
3: i said only up it can only go up from
2: here oh uh, yeah
1: if anybody has any suggestions on what else i can test on that keyboard or try on that keyboard go ahead and send them to me or send them to the show
2: i gotta um i, I gotta interject for a sec bo did i see you pick up a coffee pot a whole <laughs> pot of coffee
3: yeah i made a Midcast goes long, man. So I made a pot. <laughs> <laughs> all right,
2: all right. Are you drinking straight from the know. pot,
1: or did you you do you have your coffee
2: no, pot-sized mugs? Look, I've, yeah, I've already
1: it is. I've already drank almost all the pot. You
2: killed it. We're not even. We haven't even been on for an hour. You killed it.
1: <laughs> yeah, but he wants to blame us, you know. It yeah. being,
2: it being <laughs> I, I think he just afternoon. like coffee.
1: Yeah. The problem yeah. with the
3: problem now that we're doing video is I can't just mute my mic and sneak off to use the the restroom. I've, yeah.
2: But you you still can <laughs> you guys just see me leave. You should. Hey. And when you when you drink sixty four ounces of coffee in a sitting, man, <laughs> you're going to be going back and forth.
1: Probably about the time I hand this off to Bo, I'm going to go grab another monster and, and use the restroom <laughs> and, and then come back. And you'll be
2: in the same boat. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh well, that, that's all I've been up to. Oh, except for the fact that you know. Uh, I, I, did I mention last show that Kai graduated from high school?
2: I think, hey. well, you mentioned to us, I don't know if yeah. you mentioned it on the
1: show. Congratulations. Oh, That's My awesome. My eldest daughter, the, 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 the midget, she <laughs> graduated from high school. She's done with high school. I've, I've got to get her through driving school now. And then, and then she has to do the whole college thing and the get a job thing and, and figure out that adulting isn't easy. Yeah. But that'll come with time. And then my other two, my my middle child and my youngest child, are visiting the grandparents for the summer. So
2: They're out of your hair for a while.
1: Yeah. So yeah more, like,
2: nice. More
1: podcast time. Hey, Yesterday see? I spent <laughs> 12 hours in the car, taking my middle child to be picked up by my dad halfway to Florida. Wow. And That's a so long drive. I, I've been talking to her all day on, well, Discord. And I just convinced my eldest to actually start using Discord. And the wife is kind of using Discord, but still kind of stuck with uh, Facebook.
2: I'm, I'm using Discord to encourage my daughter to spell. Uh, she's, uh, she's five now and can spell okay. And I think, uh, I don't know that she's figured out the auto-predictive text yet to just like tease it and choose mm-hmm. the word that she wants, right? So, um, so yeah, but she's mostly a, a, a GIF sender right now Mm. and as GIF with a J, sir.
1: Well, (laughs) as the wife switches over to discord, I can stop using Facebook as much and just only use it for the Facebook marketplace instead of using it for messenger and Facebook marketplace.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: that, that, that'll be cool. Is there a good app that consolidates these things?
3: Like, there used to be Pigeon that did, like, a lot of consolidation, but it never I've really looked, got everything. I've looked... I want to say um, Franz
2: does. I think it's Fra- F-R-A-N-Z. I there think. isn't a good one yeah. right yeah. now. It Tr- does. Trillion,
1: trillion used to be
2: really awesome. Oh, yeah, no, go it. check out Franz. No, 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 check it out. WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger, Slack, Skype, Gmail, Telegram, Android Messages, Google Calendar, Discord, Hangouts, LinkedIn, uh, TweetDeck, Twilio, Office 365, Google Keep, Hangouts Chat. It sounds to me like they've got your bases covered.
1: I'll post Run. the links. I will check it out. Yeah, because it's the well, most Joe, annoying Well, Joe, if you thing. would join
2: the live stream. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, is it on the YouTube right now? Can I'm, I'm post it there? I mean, it's, it was on the screen. That's all. I'm going to put it in the YouTube chat.
3: I hate uh, I, can't I hate be almost all I of once. them, but, but everybody I talk to uses a different one. So I, oh, yeah, of course.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, how many do I need installed on my phone? That's my oh, question. Dude. I mean,
2: we as Mintcast, how many do we have? Like three? One of Well, actually, well, four yeah. if you count Facebook. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Hold you on. Let me go Discord, to the top of the
1: show notes. Telegram. Um, <laughs> yeah. What else is there? YouTube uh, chat Facebook. while we're live. I haven't posted yeah. the show on Facebook. I'm going to have to start remembering. Matrix, that again. but that one's tied to Telegram. So it's kind Tony's of. Got admin access on the on the Facebook page.
0: Yeah. No, I keep forgetting as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: WhatsApp. I don't think... Well, we I don't mean, do we have WhatsApp. WhatsApp? I don't think we have WhatsApp. You have WhatsApp.
1: I have WhatsApp. Signal. Oh, wait. That's me again. Too many.
2: Too Just just too many. Yeah. yeah. Way too many. So, Bo, this is sad. What's going on? What's happening? <laughs> uh, yeah, so... I uh
3: I wanted I wanted to talk about I wanted to talk about the project that's kind of coming out of this, but what spurred it is um I'm actually uh I'm actually ending a podcast that I've done since two thousand nine. Wow. Um, yeah. So uh if anybody listening, you want to hear the last episode uh, uh ecnradio.com, um you can check it out there. But um we've been doing it since two thousand nine October of two thousand nine, and the original the original crew of the show was me. And, uh, uh, three other people. And those three of those, of those four total, including myself, I'm the only person that's still, (laughs) that's still on the show. Um, but for the longest chapter of the show, the one that people that listen to the show, most people know, it was myself, um, Scott and Matt. Um, and Matt's been gone for a few years now and it's just been me and Scott. Um, and, uh, you know, I started. I started podcasting in 2009. I was like 21. Um, I, I just. I, I don't know what I wanted to do. I didn't. I had just started listening to these things, and I thought, "Heck, I could do this." My dad works yeah. in radio. I had all this extra radio equipment that I could hook up, you know, um, and. I know that for me, the element of the equipment side and putting this stuff together and that sort of thing, that's what I really enjoyed about it. And I didn't really yeah. care what we talked about. I never had a focus or, or a goal for the podcast. I just enjoy the technology. And um, so, uh, I mean, this podcast has been going longer than I've been married. Um, we, uh, you know, we were, <laughs> we were doing the show before I got married, before I had kids. kid. I um, almost said kids. I oh, almost slipped up there, but I only got the one Uh-oh. kid. Yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> for now.
3: Right. Um, but you know, over time I kind of learned that like I needed some kind of goal, like the show needed to be about something. I couldn't just talk about whatever. Um, and so over the years I would try to like kind of steer the show to one thing or, or another. Um, but being that we never started with a goal, it was, it was, it was hard to do because we could change it on a whim if there was, if there was never like a mission statement to begin with. And, uh, you know, now that, uh, you know, Matt's been gone for a couple of years now, the show has really changed uh, with me and Scott. Um, Scott works at a gaming store. I recently got into all this RPG stuff and Dungeons and Dragons and all that sort of thing. And, and that, uh, That's
2: an endless well of, that's a money pit. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's such a fun money pit.
3: Yeah. Oh, it is. It is. Um, And, and you know, ECN kind of became Scott and I talking about that more than anything else. And I just felt like it's not the same show, you know. It's not the same thing anymore. Um, you know, maybe it's time for us to, you know, end it and uh, but keep podcasting. Scott and I want to keep doing a show together, um, but we're gonna to try to decide on. I don't know if it'll be RPGs or gaming. I don't. I don't know exactly yet. But we want to try to pick something like an avenue that we can focus on. You know, like how Mintcast yeah. is about. You know, it's Linux, but it's from the users of Linux Mint. Um, and, uh, you know, Crowbar Kernel Panic is, it's about gaming on Linux. Like it has like a, a focus. Right. Um, and so I'm trying to look into, to doing that with this, with this other show that I dedicated so much time to. Um, so we're going to like basically relaunch with a new name, new episode one, you know, new everything. Um, but it will still be me and Scott. Um, and, uh, and we're still discussing what the, what the uh, topic or goal of the show will be, but, cool um, I'm in kind of a conundrum because whenever I moved, I moved during COVID, and mm-hmm. so during COVID, Scott was not coming over to do the show. We for for the last you know ten years, we'd done the show in the same room, and it's a huge element of our our chemistry together is based on that. When we started doing shows the way Mintcast does it, where we do it online, it's kind of awkward, like a little bit. Like I'm not as good at at this style of show as I am at being in the room, and you can read oh, your audience yeah. like right there, you know. Um, so I want to do, I want to go back to an in-person studio, but at least between me and Scott, but I don't have the space in this new house. I didn't build, like whenever we set everything up, I set up a a closet studio that I also never use. Um, and, uh, there's just, you know, I mean, I guess I could set a table up or something in here, but then I'm like committing this room to that. Like it's hard to have anything else going on here. Um, and, uh, and, and, heaven forbid my wife and I have another kid, then there's absolutely no room, you know, for a podcast <laughs> studio. So, um, I got some ideas I've been talking to, like, a, there's like a local, like theater kind of media group here in town. Um, I'm talking to them about maybe finding some space, maybe renting something for them or, or, you know, they could be a part of it or something. But, um, if that doesn't work it out, I'm actually thinking about a, like a storage unit. Like I'm thinking about renting like a self-storage type place. Um, maybe one I'd, – I'd have to have one that's air-conditioned. It'd have to be a, a climate control. Yeah. yep. B- but here in town, none of those have power in the unit. They have power like in the hallway outside. And I don't know that that's kosher that I use that power running it under the door. I don't really know. I mean, I know it's only the... for a couple hours a week. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking it's probably it's probably against the guidelines, but you know, yeah. they probably won't notice if we do it in the
2: afternoon. Um, I mean, how, how much power does one of those little task cam dual, dual microphone things actually so, take anyway, man?
1: Yeah, so here's the thing. The, Until the somebody starts moving into the space next to you while you're trying to <laughs> oh, podcast. True, right? and they're banging mm, you you, it you postpone it for a day, man. Yeah, or that'll be, you just thing. Make that'll that be the thing topic. Is that we'll have to deal with that. And there's no yeah. internet. Now, with your um, with your home podcast setup and and, and being remote from your uh, partner, have you tried like different uh, video setups to make it feel more like the person's in the room? Uh, get a forty six inch monitor or a large <laughs> monitor, mount it yeah. like. You know, horizontally and and, and then have me. it sit next to you, and it's yeah, like they're right there on the <laughs> other side of a piece of glass, we, something like that. See how it works we, for you. If it brings back yeah. that, that that dynamic,
3: we have a conference room like that at work now. That's like it's like half a table, and the other half of table is just a screen. And somewhere else in the world, there's another half a table with the screen. So it's like you're in the same room with each other. Yeah, I just, just set to up get something that like feel. that. <laughs> Um, no, I haven't thought of that. I still think it would be, I still think it would be different. I just think it feels different. Oh, there's just yeah, nothing. It's going to be
1: different. You're just trying to bring yeah. back more of that dynamic. Yeah. Make it closer. Yeah. Yeah.
3: There's, I'm de- there's definitely things we could do that would make it, make it more similar. But, um, I think, uh, so a couple options. So for one thing, we can't do live streaming because there's no, there's no internet. Um uh. but I think that's okay because YouTube premiere, like what we were talking about is we'll. We'll oh, put right. the show together, but then we'll do a premiere of it and be there for the premiere. Um, wait, wait, so, wait. Talk to the so it's
2: like a so it's like a let's play, but your own podcast, and you're watching yeah. your podcast and commenting on your podcast while you're yeah. watching your podcast?
3: Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> there's a there's a Star Trek show that does it um uh the ninth uh oh crap. I'd have to I had to look them up to see what they're called. But there's a Star Trek podcast that does it where basically they they pre record everything and they do it um they do it over Zoom with like fans with Star Trek fans and mm-hmm. then they edit it up and whenever they have the show put together, they they premiere it at the same time every week. And so people show up because they know they're gonna be there. It would be as if uh. we pre recorded this, but then at this time every week we premiered it so that everybody could join and chat. Um and so that's probably what we're gonna do to kind of make up for not having a live show. Um but then uh so there won't be any live, but the power the power thing, I think I can either run a drop cord to the hallway if that's possible. But if I can't get away with that, the 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 Zoom handy thing that I use, it's um it's battery powered. So that as long as I charge it will be fine for the whole show. Yeah. You can record onto it. Um so I don't actually even need my laptop really for just the audio. Right. Um and then you're just down to lighting and cameras. Well, um, my DSLR obviously runs on a battery. Those battery lives usually suck, but I could probably figure that out somehow. Um, and then the lighting, there's plenty of battery-powered, like, LED lights and things that you could use. And so I think it's possible to, to do this. Um, you know, you I, I'll order some backdrops or something to make it so that it doesn't look like it's in a storage container. Um. <laughs> Green screen it, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I could order a green screen backdrop. Yeah, so I think it's. I totally think it's possible. And I think that doing. I think that this would make an interesting video about the process of making this happen too. And so even if it's a failure, I'll try to. I'll try to document the whole process and make like a little mini documentary about putting this whole thing
2: together. Do you have a? that kind of cool. Just in case we have to do something crazy like that too. I guess well, it wouldn't be in person, but I mean, you know, mm-hmm. just. Do you have a garage? I do
3: have a garage. My um. Uh, but I've got, like, a project car that's taking up too much space in my garage. I do. If I got rid of
2: it, I got to well, no. studio Just do the, the no, Just do the podcast the full, in the car. You,
1: you're, you're talking about, <laughs> like, setting up the whole garage as a studio. What you should do is, like, I know plywood's expensive right now, is, is set up a booth, a small podcasting booth, like, six feet yeah. by six feet or something like that. Or maybe even Better a little bit Better take a smaller. shower. Yeah. <laughs> about the size of a there. shower stall. And then have the uh, the, the backdrop well, there. And then you can control um, the echo and and the amount of sound that you allow in and things like that. And also the lighting would be extremely easier to control in such a small area. That's probably, other than I would worry about it getting too hot inside of there. Because
3: yeah. my garage isn't air conditioned or anything. And even if, in whatever temperature my garage is, it's going to be different
1: inside that sealed room. Um, well, but that's the I, other nice thing about having a really tiny sealed room. You get a really yeah. small, like, apartment um, air conditioner, and it's yeah. really cheap to keep that small space cool.
3: Yeah, it's a good idea. Um, uh, Clayton wants to know what car. It's a 280Z uh, in, in, in the garage. <laughs> I, I've had it for about 13 years. Um, it was a daily driver at one time. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. Um, that's a different you podcast. Know, it's funny. <laughs> What's fun, I only know about one car I'm not like a car guy I'm a Datsun guy <laughs> um, The uh, the funny thing is on Facebook marketplace here in my area I saw someone selling a sauna that didn't work it was basically exactly what you're saying it was just a big wooden sealed box that you could get inside of and they were trying to sell it as a chicken coop um, but I was thinking oh. like, that would make an awesome that would make an awesome right? podcast studio.
1: You you put you put <laughs> some foam on the inside to keep the noise in. You hook up some electrical lighting and you're good to go.
2: Yeah, Mem- remember that and one time Joe was idea. like, remember that one time Joe was like, hey, it's gonna be a fast show.
1: <laughs> hey, hey never this, this is, is, this, is this is Leo and Bo extending this stuff out I, I yeah. don't want everybody to realize <laughs> that They heard Joe <laughs> say it was going to be a quick show and they're like mm, Nope, mm, we're going to fix that We've got to make Joe wrong
3: We'll do whatever it takes to prove Joe wrong Of course, uh, well, the every time We're
0: going to make Tony stay up late It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> torture It's torture
3: the uh the last thing i uh wanted to talk about was range anxiety um currently i i have i have to confess that i have range anxiety um
2: my, I think they have uh, medicine for that now
1: <laughs> um we just got a Nissan leaf um, yeah, i was fully... going to say that tends to be a common problem at your age <laughs> 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 um
3: <laughs> it's uh It's fully electric. And uh it gets like two hundred miles uh on a on a full charge, a little more than two hundred miles. Um but of course I don't know how they come up with those advertisements because whenever you're driving down the road and you've got all the features on and you're not gonna get the same, you know, and it's different in South Carolina than it is in, in Maine. So I mean it's and stop it's, and uh, go
1: driving is completely different from just, you know, going. Yeah.
3: yeah. Um so we actually I originally put this in the show notes and then I couldn't make the last episode. Um, We had just gotten it at that, at that episode. But back then we only had the level one charger, which is the 120. That's what the car comes with. You know, you just plug it into any old outlet and it'll very trickle charge, charge your car. It's basically there for like emergencies, you know? Um, But that's all we had for a little while. And it's, I had read about, like, I knew what to expect, like, I had seen the numbers, like, I knew, like, you're not going to get a full charge, charging it overnight on a level one charge, you're not going to get anywhere close, but the good thing is, is you don't drive a full charge in a day, so you're not going to need it, you know, all this kind of stuff, but once you actually know that this is your only way to work the next day, and you plug it in, and you see how slow it's charging... You're like, holy cow. Like this is this this is real now. Like I read about it, but now it's real. <laughs> yeah, you feel it in your bones, yeah. man. Yeah. It charges so slow on a level one. Like basically we would charge it. Um, you know, my wife my wife's driving it every day. I drive way too far to actually ex- theoretically it could work for me, but again, I've got too much anxiety. I wouldn't trust it. Um my my wife would charge it from like eight PM until the till eight A.M. whenever she got up the next day to to go to work. And it would have only charged about twenty percent. And so over the course of the entire night, we only regained about twenty percent of our battery life, which, you know, in a day, she only drove about ten to fifteen percent. So it right. was working out okay. And you never have to be at hundred percent. So basically we would just you know, drive it for a few days and then charge it for a few nights. Drive it for a few days, charge it for a few nights. Like it would just be like this constant back and forth. Um but uh this past weekend, uh my dad came over and helped me uh install a two forty volt level two hey, charger.
2: Yep, that's exactly what I was gonna
3: ask. Yeah, yeah. So luckily our our breaker box is in the garage. It's it's on the other side, it's on the Z side of the garage. It's on the other side from my wife's car. Um, but uh we we installed it over there because it was going to be like six hundred dollars to get the wiring to get it to go yep. across to her side of the garage, but we just installed it in there and we just stretched it across the Z. Um, but um, now that thing charges like one night's charge will fully charge it. So nice. now it's a matter of we charge on like Sunday night and we not to worry about it again until the following Sunday night. Um, how long? So, you so what
2: you what, what what I'm hearing is if the infrastructure is in place, electric cars are yeah. fantastic.
3: No, nah, it, it, well, dude, as far as like driving the car is amazing. This thing no. has
1: like torque like you wouldn't believe. It's,
2: yeah, it's yeah. an electric car. That's an do. electric
1: car thing,
3: man. Yeah.
2: Just all the torque.
1: Well, no, as for, you know, if, even if the infrastructure is there, if you're driving across the country, it's still well, a lot longer yeah. than a gas fill up.
3: To, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. It takes a long time. Uh, now we have the, the Chadmo charger or whatever it's called. I don't know. It's spelled Chadmo. I don't think that's how you say it. That's um, Chad
2: mode. I think Chad mode. Maybe <laughs> Yeah, Chad <Okay>. mode. <laughs> so when you get uh, the Chad man. mode? Makes me think yeah. of those memes. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
3: um, but supposedly it's a lot faster. We haven't actually, we, there's not an electric charger in where I live. Um, there's a bunch in the, uh, in the bigger town in Greenville, the mm-hmm, bigger town near mm-hmm. me. Um, but it's all level twos out there and, uh, they're oh. all like, it's great cause they're all free. They're all like public use, um, in the, uh, parking garages, but they're the same one we have at our house. So I haven't actually got to try it at like a, like a supercharger yet. Um, yeah. but, but yeah, it, my understanding is even on those, it's a matter of like an hour or two, like you have to let it charge for a long time.
2: I mean, you um, you plug it in, you go shopping, and you come out, and it's fully charged. My, right. My that's, next that's question kind of the deal. on
1: this is going to be: um, How long have you had it? Uh, like since the last episode, maybe a week before a that. Weeks. So less okay. than a month. So it's still difficult to tell yet. Now your electric bill has obviously gone up at least a little bit, but um, we haven't the, seen it yet. I don't know. Uh, yeah you're going to have to come back, I guess, in a couple of weeks or a couple of months because it's going to take a <laughs> yeah, while to I'll evaluate. either be
3: really upset about it or yeah. are really happy about it. We'll see. Yeah, <laughs> really. No,
1: you're probably going to be upset about it, but you have to then go back and do the math and do a comparison to how yeah. much gas would have cost you.
3: Yeah, and we're the car that we replaced was an SUV, so I feel like we're making a pretty positive adjustment. I drive a Versa, and I don't think it would be, I think I probably still spend less in gas than it's going to cost to charge it just because the versa gets such good gas mileage
2: yeah
3: um but um yeah we'll see i'll 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 definitely pay attention to it Um, come
2: back next time let us know I'm, i'm 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 curious the
3: uh the first the first event of range anxiety was we were when we still had the 120 volt charger Um, I intentionally told my wife, I said, let's let it get down really low. And then we'll drive to Greenville and use one of the faster chargers and see how long it takes. And so we, we drove to this charger knowing that we really had enough charge to get there and not necessarily get back. And then we drove, we drove all the way there. And then their charger was at like a hotel that you had to be a guest at the hotel to use it. Oh no! (laughs) And so (laughs) we were like, we can't, we can't possibly get back. We've got to find another charger that we could get to. Um, And so we basically had to go to another charger that we knew we'd used before, but it was basically like three public chargers. And if three cars were already there, we'd have to wait on them to move before we could come in. Luckily we got there and there was nobody there, but we still had to just like hang around town and just like find something to do for like two hours just to get just to get enough charge to get back home again.
0: <laughs> wow. All right, we ready to hit Tony? Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's been interesting listening to all that last. I know. I know. <laughs> we,
2: we've basically turned Mintcast into ECN, I think.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, I've been continuing over the last couple of weeks to do some more Matchbox uh, restoration custom work. Uh, I've put a link to a uh, YouTube video. I just took See a little get that in YouTube a video of um, uh, one of the restorations I did. So yeah. There's a link in the show notes to uh, one of the eight wheel cra- matchbox eight-wheel cranes that I did. Um, one of the other die-cast modelers sent me some 3D-printed parts of some um, pipes, barrels, and crates for various uh, things. Uh, the barrels and crates are great. Uh, but the pipes, which are replacements for the original plastic uh, parts, they're a bit ropey. Uh, they're quite fragile, and due to the nature of the extrusion process, they don't look great mm. either. Do you really have to like do a lot of work uh, to sand them down and kind of smooth them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah fill them and sand them and all sorts yeah. of stuff. Uh, I think those would probably work better uh, if you were using a resin printer. Mm-hmm. But as we all know, resin printers are expensive and can be quite messy to use. I have got a mate who's got a got a resin printer, so once we can get back to meeting up for yeah. uh, maker spaces and things like that, I might be asking him to do the printing.
2: <laughs> you for make me. the list now and be like, "Hey, man, I haven't seen you for like a year and a half, so here's a list of all the stuff <laughs> yeah. I need."
0: Here's a jug of <laughs> resin. <laughs>
2: yeah. Help me out here. Here
0: are the, here the materials. Yeah. No. Here's a
2: list. Uh, you just whatever. to oh, yeah, no, uh,
0: I said to him before lockdown that uh, if he did some stuff for me, I didn't expect it for free, that I'd uh, sort him out with materials and stuff.
1: No, um, resin printers have actually come down in price, and you're going to see them keep coming down in price, of course. But still, getting around that mess factor is, is my main problem.
0: Yeah. And uh, you've also got to uh, you've got to have a UV lamp set up for finishing curing the parts as well afterwards. Um, so these these various little things that you don't have to do with just ordinary 3D printing. But uh, yeah, they're about four or five hundred dollars or the equivalent in pounds over here uh, now for a for a base model that's not terrible uh, not sure. but i um, mean
2: you got to love what you're doing with that thing if you're going to spend that much money yeah. on it yeah yeah,
0: yeah. so uh, i'll see what i'll see what uh, my mate can come up with first and uh, i installed hana montana linux on my lenovo x230i laptop mm-hmm. we're having a bit of a, a laugh about this on one of the uh, on Discord and that. And, and uh, we, we were even talking about it on
2: one of the previous episodes. What is it or I is think it we did, not? Yes, we did, did we? A distro. But we never got your temperature on this. I don't think you were on that show, were you? Um So is Hannah Montana Linux? Uh, no,
0: I wasn't on that show. I did listen to the show. So so and, is it? Uh, not- is it a full-on distro? Uh Well, it badges itself as a distro. Sure does. Uh, but uh, the other, th- it's um, Swift Linux that now release it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they do two or three different versions. And if you go into the desktop um pictures, uh all the other versions, the desktop is there. And it basically it's just MX Linux with a different desktop. Hmm. Bo, what do you think?
3: Oh man. You what are start they, the pot are now. they are they based on uh,
2: Ubuntu? What are they based
3: on?
0: So No, based on, well, it's MX. Yeah. It's based on oh,
2: okay. Debian yeah. Stable. So it goes okay. Debian, MX, Swift, and a Montana Linux. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> I would call it a flavor, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so not quite, it's not quite a, a distro. I, I looked up, when I saw this in the show notes, I, I just wanted to look up uh, other kind of tongue-in-cheek distributions that are yeah, out yeah. there. And the one that I found that... Uh, That I want to try out, although it hasn't been released since July of 2011, and it's based on Ubuntu 10.10. Um, But this is Ubuntu Satanic Edition version
2: (laughs) (laughs) 666.10. I've heard you that one before, yeah. Need to download that one, just keep it in the back pocket just in case. Wow, that's cool.
3: I can't find an official uh, website, but I did find an, an ISO from 2011. So uh, might, Okay, download that, shot.
0: and we're going to share it around. <laughs> I need get that. Stick a virtual machine.
2: <laughs> yeah, for sure. That was
0: great. Yeah. <laughs> so on Friday night, just gone, I joined a live video chat session with some of my Facebook friends. One of the guys has set up a Facebook video chat uh, regular meetup on a Friday evening. And um, one of the guys there was showing us how you can insert cards into your YouTube videos, which enables you to put links to to your own or someone else's YouTube video. So, you know, if you've done a video on pulling a car apart or putting it back together in a particular way, you can say, well, I'm not going to show that this time because it will just take up 10 minutes. But I did a a video and there'll be a link link in the video to that particular video. Mm So it's a way of uh, doing um, tutorials and then linking back to them in future videos. It's all about engagement, which is Tony, great. and
2: then you and you,
0: you more than the cards you got to remember to say like
2: and subscribe and also hit yeah. that bell so you will be notified of all <laughs> videos that come out.
0: You. Yeah, rah, <laughs> yeah. At the moment, I don't even do any talking on my videos. Oh. I just record the video of the, of the little turntable with the car on it. Okay, that's here's it what you do. You, you, find,
2: you find someone that's good at, like, drawing little chibi anime things, and then you'd say, okay, here's my face. Do me like that, and then you'd just be like that. And it'll be
0: like, like, and subscribe. <laughs> just like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, but, uh, yeah, no, it, it, it's been this... Uh, Friday night chat that we have has been quite useful. I've learned some great tips about modeling and doing stuff. So that's been great. Yeah, that's particularly what's been going on for me, apart from uh, me back going a couple mm, of weeks ago yeah. and uh, not feeling too you were, well. You were for looking for really experience. comfortable you yesterday, though. one of
1: those. A back? A new
0: yeah.
2: back. <laughs> yeah. I, I, w- I wish I yeah. could. You know, <laughs> so, so of the question, uh, because it, it totally relates to Linux, I guess, is uh, cybernetics. Like, if if those things came out, if they were like, hey, um, your heart's going bad. We're just going to give you a new one, but it's a robot one. I'm out uh, 100%. Yep, give it to me. Put it in there, buddy. Right now. Oh, you need new uh, let,
0: let, Let's yeah. just put some pistons in yeah, there but, and see what happens. But then someone hacks it and stops it, and you die. Fine. See? Ex- <laughs> right. Don't exactly. connect it to you... the Wi-Fi. <laughs> I was going to say, I,
3: I only want one if I can jailbreak it and hack it. Right. Yeah. My my wife yeah,
1: has... When you start um, writing your own code, sooner or later you're going to end up dead.
2: Yeah, my wife has a con- uh, con- constant glucose monitor. So it's basically just a little thing that tells her blood sugar all, all day, all time, all the time. And right. uh, there's a new model that came out that has Bluetooth. And I was like, nope, do not. Do not get that. Nope. I mean, if, if someone <laughs> is in proximity that wants to do some damage to you, they could absolutely do that and report bad have numbers you, or something.
0: Have you ever listened listen to the Karen's, I think his, her name's Karen Sandler? She works for uh, the. She used to work for a Free Software Foundation, I think. She's mm. a solic- She's a lawyer. Uh-uh. Uh. She used to do a load of stuff around free software and stuff. Uh. But she's got a heart pacemaker. Yeah, same. And she same deal. She was talking about that very thing. Yep. Yeah, the fact that some of the some of these have got um, links so that they can download data off it and all right. that kind of stuff. But she was saying, if someone hacked it, it could kill her. Yep, one hundred percent.
2: Yeah, exactly. So I'm 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 worried about, or at least paying attention to the types of com- communications and and things that that these devices can do. And it's kind of scary um, that you can tell it to do things. And that right there is just a wide open door to if if someone has enough time, they can figure yeah. out the language. I um, there was a
3: demonstration at one of the CONs, I think, where mm-hmm. they were able to show information from somebody's like pacemaker or something.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Same really kind of stuff. stuff. I mean,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's me this week. So shall we move on? Let's do it. Uh, hold on. Wait. Wait. Let's wait a minute. Transition music. There it is. Let's do it and
2: head down to the news. All right. I feel like uh we're gonna we're not gonna spend too much time on the news of the security because uh, we totally killed it in the <laughs> in the wanderings man. But there's a lot of stuff that was going on, but a lot of it tends to be related. So the first story is probably the story you've been hearing about for the past 14 days, because all the juicy stuff happens right after a Mintcast episode is recorded. So we have to wait two weeks to actually be able to talk about it. And right about the time that we recorded uh, 361, uh, the whole Freenode thing was happening. So... Right now, there is a free node IRC staff mass resignation thing that happened after the, uh, uh, one of the investors, I think one of the chief investors of, uh, of groups like uh, Private Internet Access and Shells.com, Andrew Lee, um, who – and in the article, it says crown prince. But South Korea doesn't do
0: royalty like that? So I don't know, I don't know exactly what that means. But anyway – Andrew Lee. Leo, before you go yeah. on, can I can I say? Do you not need to say what IRC is for some of our younger listeners? Listen, because maybe they've never used IRC it. IRC is dead, <laughs> and this story is silly. Let me IRC just put it this should way. have been dead
1: a decade ago.
2: Yeah, so IRC. Like I mean, we, we have
1: crawling along on life support.
2: Yeah, we we have we have our IRC channel on SpotChat. and we're ta- so SpotChat is basically a big server that uh, that contains a bunch of different channels that different people can subscribe to. It's like Telegram. It's like Discord. It's that entire idea. Um, and Freenode, it was the biggest IRC, I guess, uh, federation, conglomeration, just grouping of servers out there. And yeah, this whole thing with Andrew Lee. So back in 2017, Andrew Lee technically bought it. And in 2019, 2020, started exerting some of that power but there is a there's there's a um i guess there's confusion about whether andrew lee actually has the power to do that he owns the the rights to the names and the name spaces but he doesn't he he cannot exert power over the volunteers that actually run the servers and deal with all of this on the day-to-day so the moment in this year i guess uh late april early may when Andrew Lee started trying to exert some of that power, and let me see. Uh, yeah, so safras created a blog post uh, outlining the changes in leadership. Uh, in late April, Freenode um, created a test network. And uh, let me see. Who was it? I cannot remember exactly what happened. I know, it ha- I know it's in this article somewhere. Um, oh, here it is. Here it is. So they started advertising Shells, Shells.com. The thing that we were talking about with Mintcast two episodes ago where now you can run Linux Mint in a VM, in the cloud, and have a desktop and accessible to you anywhere you go. That company is uh, you know, part of all of this, and they were starting to advertise Shells on the Freenode website. Now, Freenode does advertise, but it's not on the front page. They have a specific page off to the side that, that they do advertising on, and that's where Shells should have been according to the Freenode volunteers. But according to the owner of uh, Freenode, Andrew Lee, it belongs on the front page because, well, I mean, that's Andrew, one of Andrew Lee's projects. So this sparked a huge mass resignation um, where you're, you lose all the people that are running Freenode, right? You can own something, but if you get rid of all your employees, well, it's not going anywhere. So this, this sparked off a whole thing and eventually Ubuntu, and these are the next two articles that we have here. So Ubuntu as an article where they've decided that they are leaving Freenode for LiberaChat. I think I'm saying that right. And LiberaChat just put out a tweet earlier today uh, that they reached 24,000 cons- uh, concurrent users. So people that are online and chatting at the same time, 24,000. And my guess is that's just online. So they're still like, they're jiggling their mouse, but they're not actively chatting. But you know what I mean? Like, they're there. they're They're being involved in that. And then uh, a couple days later, uh, we had Fedora. Oh, wait, that's the wrong link. Oh, (laughs) I have the wrong link there. But Fedora is leaving Freenode as well. Let me see. That was at Fedora Magazine. So so I can show the people that are watching right here. So Fedora goes through the exact same thing, saying, I mean, you know, uh, Freenode was always a community thing. It was built up from the ground up. I mean, they've had... As far as uh, server costs and everything else, it's always been donated or it's been paid for by donations and things like that. Um, and now that we have, uh, you know, this, this bigger player that has a lot of money that's contributing to Freenode uh, out of his own pocket is trying to exert control over Freenode and, and change it to, to, you know, become more, I don't know, to be honest with you, more, he's trying to squeeze some cash out of it, it seems like. Uh, that's, that pushed all of the people that were dealing with Freenode on a day-to-day, as a vo- on a volunteer basis away. Those people created Libera chat, and that is now where Ubuntu is going. That's now where Fedora has announced that they are going. And to be honest, it's probably where anybody that was on Freenode that cares about free software and cares about this control is probably going to end up. So
0: yeah, what made me laugh was when people started jumping shit, uh, the guy, I can't remember the name you just mentioned, but the guy who owns it, Suddenly said that anyone who's currently a customer and and has got a channel, if they decide to leave the channel and announce oh. it to all their users, they're breach they're breaching the terms yep. and conditions of. Exactly, <laughs> and and I was
2: very middle of the road on this for a little while, and uh, until that policy, until the policy that said, I mean, if you're trying to go, if you're trying to at ad- basically advertise, I guess is the way that the policy is probably written. Like you cannot advertise for other chat services outside of Freenode and linking to LiberaChat does that. And I mean, so that, that breaches policy and you know, we'll shut you down. That right there, that authoritarian kind of no, you can't just sold it for me. I'm, I'm now on the side of LiberaChat. If you, if you go back in telegram about a week ago where I'm talking about it, I'm like, you know, I don't know, I'm gonna wait for some facts. That came out, changed my mind. The way that you handle an exodus like that if you do that, you lose all the credibility in my eyes. You cannot try and force people to continue to congregate where they don't want to be, and then whenever you whenever you put even more restriction on that saying, you can't say that you're going off to some other place nope that that is where I draw the line. I mean Andrew Lee but what node, do they no.
3: care like they're they're leaving right yeah like what are the, what do they care if they broke if they supposedly broke the terms they're they're leaving free node for this other anyway.
2: Well, the people that are leaving don't care. It's oh, okay. Freenode doesn't want the exodus to happen. They're preventing it. And by yeah. uh, they're preventing it by trying to prevent people from saying, hey, we're over here now. Instead of on Freenode, we're on LaBear chat. That yeah. is what broke the policy. People that are leaving don't care. Andrew Lee cares because the people that are leaving are taking their advertising dollars with them. So mm. he's losing money by by losing people. And yeah. No, that's that's where I draw the line. Now it's now it's it, we're into way shady territory. We were kind of in shady territory in the first place, but I was giving them the benefit of the doubt. But you say stuff like that, no, you're you're fully in shady territory, and I don't support you. That's not cool. Anyway, speaking of Fedora, uh, Fedora thirty four is now on kernel five dot twelve. So that is an interesting turn of events. I think five dot twelve was a larger kernel update. Uh, quite a few folks were having some issues with it. There were a couple of regressions in it that had to be fixed. Um, so now I feel like now that Fedora 34 is on 5.12, um, a lot of those regressions, a lot of the weird things that were happening in 5.12 must have gotten ironed out for Fedora to, to give that the thumbs up and the go ahead. Um, so if you're not on 5.12, by the way, 5.11, if you're trying to just stay current on your kernels, 5.11 is now um, end of life. So if you're on 5.11 and it's not supported by the distro that you're on, make sure you move up to 5.12. 5.12 is good stuff. And speaking of end of life, Fedora 32 is end of life. So if you're a Fedora head, uh, yeah, get up to Fedora 33 or just ride on up to Fedora 34 if you can if you can stomach Gnome 40. I thought it was all right. I mean, especially on Wayland. And uh once they get OBS, once they once they figure out screen sharing on Wayland and I mean really figure it out. I know like 90% of the scaffolding is there for everything to work and I know for some, certain instances that it does work, but I need to be able to flip on OBS press start streaming and I don't have to think about it. Once it's there, I'm going to love Wayland.
3: They recently had uh some improvement on that so we know they're working
2: on it. Yeah, exa- that was um I think with the release of Gnome 40. There were maybe right after that, I think there was there was uh yeah, Wayland came out with an article saying, "Hey, look, you know, these are the things that we have done, that we've completed. Here's a couple on our bucket list that we need to get done." And I'm just waiting for those last couple of little uh, issues to get taken care of and man, I'll be excited for it, but cinnamon won't be on Wayland for a while. <laughs> uh, so if you're on mint, uh, yeah, Wayland's not even really a, a conversation you get to have right now. Oops, I put the wrong one. Oh man, broke it. There, I'm trying to fix the links as we go. And of course I can't do two things at once. Uh, but speaking of Dome 40, uh, material shell is now available. And so here's the thing, here's the thing that is happening right now. Um. You have System76 working on, um, what do they call it, Cosmic. And that is a full visible shell replacement for what Gnome 40 is doing. And it, it makes it behave in wildly different ways than Gnome 40 behaves. So they're really using all of the, speaking of scaffolding, now that, now that I've used that word, i got to use it again, all the Gnome 40 scaffolding, but then just making the desktop behave the way that they want to which is not the way that Gnome 40 intended. And now you have Material Shell which it's 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 existed for a while but now it's available on Gnome 40 and it does the same thing where it 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 has Gnome behave in ways that Gnome 40 doesn't behave. So it's really just you know you want all of the cool features of Gnome 40 but you don't want it to act like Gnome 40. And this seems to me to it's becoming a trend where I mean we have we've had extensions for the longest time, where people just didn't like the way that GNOME 40 did things. So we're going to change this one thing, and now you have System 76 and no material uh, shell, um, making GNOME 40 behave totally differently. It, it, am I am I just looking too hard into these things, or is do people really just not like GNOME 40 in general and just want it to behave differently, or am, am I just looking too hard into it? I just don't like GNOME. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, <know. laughs> I mean, yeah, I think a lot of folks, I mean, Norbert in chat says he simply loves GNOME 40 on the touchscreen, uh, but but on a desktop and mouse, it's not quite there. And I think, you know, maybe, Norbert, this is, this is what you need. You need maybe a material shell or you need uh, System76 is cosmic when it comes out in July. Maybe yeah. GNOME 40 is going too far. You know, every time I get on GNOME 40, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is Android. This feels like a very Android kind of experience. Um and I mean what Norbert says kind of really reinforces my idea on that it it works great for a touchscreen when you're poking at things but when you're clicking on them and you know using keyboard shortcuts it's not quite it's not quite there and I mean that's certainly what Pop Shell does so Pop Shell Material Shell surely there are more yeah Clayton says it's Linux you can do what you want and I mean that's that's fantastic but you know just getting at the idea of GNOME Shell of of GNOME's shell is is uh, obviously Gnome Shell is popular. Everybody uses it, but do they like using it? That, I guess that's that's kind of the, the question that I'm trying to get to, is do people actually like Gnome 40, or do they extend the crap out of it to where it doesn't even behave like Gnome 40 anyway, or do they use some kind of full shell replacement like Material Shell or um, Pop Shell? And I mean, when, when I'm on Gnome, it's on Pop. Uh, so at least right now, and Gnome 40 was fine, but, you know, there were, there were those paper cut issues that I was like, eh, I should install an, install an extension to, to make that better.
3: But yeah, I'm looking forward to Cosmic when it comes out. Me too.
2: Me too. So <laughs> I think we always have to have like a flavored gnome. It can't be vanilla gnome. That might be it. So if, uh, if you have a preference, I mean, obviously this is Mintcast, so there are likely a lot of people that are not using gnome. But if you use gnome, do you use it vanilla? Or do you extend the crap out of it or is it just one extension that you just have to have you know I gotta have my desktop icons or i gotta have those little uh not- notifier icons up in the top or I mean do you go f- go full shell replacement with pop shell material shell or some other kind of shell so if-, if you have an opinion on that let us know I'm curious to know um you know what kind what what our listeners uh what our temperature is
0: on uh, just no vanilla gnome forty really but well, my my feeling personally is if you've got to Install all those um, extra right. things. Why use that particular desktop environment in the first place? Why not go to something that works the way you want it to work in the The first tyranny place? of
2: the default, Tony. I mean, Ubuntu proper, Fedora proper, all all of the main distributions. Even Debian is is not Debian GNOME out of the box. Just regular old Debian ten. When you install it, I'm not sure I'm not about sure. that. Yeah. I yeah. I'll have to do that one again. Uh MX Linux was XFCE by default, uh, I think. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean the the major players, the major names that so you go get CentOS or I mean well, Rocky or whatever else now. But you
0: can you can stay with Ubuntu, just go for Ubuntu Marte sure. or But when you go to ubuntu.com you know, cuz someone
2: told you go use Ubuntu, you tend to get Ubuntu. And I mean even yeah. even if you kind of shy away from that and are like, "Oh, you know what works better than that? Uh Pop, Pop OS." And, you know, something, but yeah, there are certainly choices, but I think a lot of people get GNOME just because GNOME is what's in front of them. And then they extend yeah. the crap out of it because they don't want to have to reinstall.
3: Yeah. But I think that <laughs> I, I agree with the sentiment of like, I don't want to use a, uh, I don't want to use a DE that I have to install a bunch of extensions on to get it to look the way I want it. But I yeah. also think that like GNOME was designed with that marketplace in mind. Like they knew people were going to do that. So it's almost a requirement for them in particular. They're almost an exception to the rule. That being said, I use cinnamon, but uh, you know that's that's the reason why I don't particularly like GNOME because I feel like it's a requirement that you have to use those extensions.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, I, I think, think so. I think as more and more people have got uh, touchscreens, though, true, then GNOME does come into it, into its uh, you know forte. Yeah,
2: and I mean that that because was that it, was Norbert's point, and I mean I, I fully agree. Yeah. if you if you've got your grubby little hands all over the screen, heck yeah, man, GNOME GNOME forty is actually I, I would imagine a way better experience. Joe might be able to speak to that a little more. I think Joe going to challenge you to do Gnome 40 on a touchscreen and um you know kind of get your temperature on it.
1: If you remember right and? when we tried out Nome 40 it was on a touch screen and it was um <laughs> actually it, it was extremely usable. Cool. Uh, I, I had no complaints with it and without extensions the... or did you have to No no no, stock. I I kept it stock for the show. So cool. it, it actually worked pretty well. Um well, okay, some of the it, some of it was already here, built here in it because comes. I was the theming was already there, so it wasn't quite oh, stock. right, right. So th- that was with, what, um, uh, Garuda, that I, that I had done it with?
4: Oh, right, yeah, right. Yeah,
1: and, and it worked out really well, and with the theming that was there, um, I, I really did enjoy it. But, yeah, I think you're right that with a stock Gnome 40, I'd have just hated it. Yeah.
0: Like,
1: yeah. Yeah. It lasted five minutes on my machine. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, uh, yeah. If it was called Gnome Touch, then it
1: make more hey, sense. <laughs> see, yeah, actually you're right, you're right. That was going to bring up my next topic there would be why not try out something like um what plasma mobile. True. Which is
2: but designed I, I, I think for these...
1: that type of screen. So
2: Yeah. I don't know. I think these shells are doing a really good job of, you know, making gnome fit on the desktop again. But um yeah, anyway, so Norbert says uh Debian 10 has an almost vanilla gnome 3.30. So it's it's gnome. It's gnome. Everything is gnome, 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 gnome. Who likes gnome? Well, not Ubuntu Unity, uh, because they are. They did uh, a couple of days ago. They did a poll on what their new design should be. Take a look at this. Hmm. This um, their their current design had. Uh, I think the word is concentric. Three concentric circles with hexagons to uh, to match the Ubuntu little people and the arms. Uh, and so they're going to a a uh, single. A single circle, I mean, much, much more like the Ubuntu logo, but they're keeping that hexagonal kind of design on that. And um, so the poll came out at 140 votes. Design 2 won with 42% of the vote. Uh, design 1 was uh, 32% of the vote. And then not changing it at all was about a quarter of the people that, that voted. So Design 2 seems like it's the one that's going to that's gonna move forward. I just thought it was interesting because I came across it on Twitter, and I like, I like logos for some reason. I just like them. Uh, and I agree. Design 2 uh, was, the, was the better one, I think. It's not too busy, but not, it definitely not as busy as the current one.
3: All right. So hold on. Hold on. I looked at this, and I thought Design 1 was Design 2 because it is the second design.
2: Wait. Hold on. What? <laughs> now? Oh! Oh, I see what you're saying. In, in the yeah. poll itself, it's, it's listed differently than in the, uh, in the picture yeah uh yep yep, yep, sure enough. so is, it is, so
3: is design two still the one that you liked, yeah, design two
2: is the one with the notch in it in in each of the. I like the one without the notches, and uh, I thought, oh, yeah
3: that makes sense why it's ahead, and then I realized, oh no, I'm looking at the wrong one. I wonder how many people
2: voted the same way rigged. well, see, if you went to design two, you might have chosen current design,
0: but if you think about it, design two mm-hmm. is more like. I know the hexagonal, but that's the heads with the right. arms yeah, yeah, yeah. holding hands. Yeah. Oh,
2: I see. The little the little notches are hands. Is that yeah, what you're that's thinking? Yeah, where the hands are. Oh, yeah. that's pretty smart. I didn't <laughs> I didn't think about that. I like that. I just like the way it looked, and that adds some depth to it. I like that. So, um, yeah, it looks like they might be going with design two. If that's the case, uh, I agree. That's a good. Uh, it's a good design. I like the way. I it like Ubuntu
3: Unity. I used it back whenever we were we were testing it for the show, and I had an issue with it. Um, but then I realized that the issue was actually my hardware. It didn't have nothing to do with Ubuntu Unity. So uh, technically yeah. I had no issues with Ubuntu yeah. Unity. <laughs> yeah,
2: you had, you had, your beef was with Ubuntu. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I like to talk about Inkscape uh, because I'm around a lot of art all the time. Uh, and this is just something that is getting incrementally better every single time. The fact that uh, Inkscape now can trade blows with uh, Adobe Illustrator in a lot of ways is... I mean, it says a lot about uh free and open source development. It says a lot about uh the developers that are working on these projects that just keep pushing them forward. I mean, a lot of times not even getting paid to do this kind of stuff. But yet, yet somehow they're still they're still at the point where people can actually uh I mean, use it for, you know, anything that you would use Illustrator for. It's fantastic. So I like watching Inkscape because um I like watching kind of the uh I guess the back and forth between them and Krita, because they're, they're very similar projects and that they're, very, uh, they're, they're vector graphics and you, uh, you can build things from scratch from them. And uh, now Inkscape has searchable preferences. We were just talking about this in LibreOffice, where you might not know where it is, but you know what it's called, and you can just push the little search and type in you know pivot table or I don't know what you look for in LibreOffice that you can't find. But you just type it in, and boom, there it is in a little thing, and you never have to know where it, at, where it is. And this is how I treat my desktop. I have icons off to the side. I never click them. Never click them. I just, I just open up the search, type in the thing I want, hit enter, because my hands are usually always on the keys anyway. When so, do you see the desktop? I'm also, tr- I cannot see my desktop right now. There's too much crap going on on my screen. <laughs>
0: But there's a lot of development work going on with yeah. it because it's only recently that they went up to uh, a full one release. Yep. So, and and that's and that was that was some nice new uh, stuff came in there. Yeah. So this is good. Yep. So in one one,
2: we're getting a welcome dialog. You're getting a, a revamped custom palette. You're getting a new dialog docking system. You're getting searchable preference options, which is awesome. And then uh, some new formats that you can export into, and. I mean it's just it's good work going over there. So if you're an artist if you are looking to, you know, just create your own stuff in in a vector form, I mean check out Inkscape. If Inkscape's not your jam, check out Krita because those are two free and open source projects that I mean I really do think they uh they're trading blows with Illustrator. They're they're not the same. Obviously, one of them is a multi-million dollar company and the other two are better software. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah that's that's the deal. Hey Inkscape's great. great. I oh, love Oh yeah, it. good stuff. So check those out if you yeah. haven't checked those out. Uh it's fantastic stuff. Uh the next thing is uh Sousa. They uh they went public this uh this past couple of weeks and so the article that I've linked to um SJV and Steven Javon Nichols um prominent ZDNet uh Linux and open source uh journalist and the the title, I think, doesn't capture it. SUSE IPO disappoints. That's the name of the article. But even in the article, he says, it's not really that disappointing. So why did you name the article that? So anyway, the the idea was that um, SUSE was hoping for, for, well, you know, that's probably true. But uh, SUSE was hoping for a 30 euro per share IPO. So $30, I mean, essentially about $30 for us in the US, 30, I don't know, 31, $32, something like that. Uh, a share, but they ended up getting twenty nine dollars or twenty nine euros and fifty cents. Is that still cents in euros? Right? Imagine so. Anyway, yeah. So twenty nine fifty euros is what they ended up with, and then by close of business on the twentieth, uh, crept up to thirty dot uh, thirty thirty nine. So I mean, it's not disappointing when you're when you're projecting thirty and you and you creep just slightly above that. Sounds like a win to me. But anyway, uh, so Cisco went public, um, and they. I don't know. It was, a, it was a nice showing, I feel like. I mean, there, there's certainly a lot of backing behind it to uh, to get where they went. So I remember back in the day when SUSE was acquired by Novell because I was working at a college that uh, we ran all Novell. Uh, we ran Novell on Windows, and that was in lieu of Active Directory uh, because Novell could do some things that Active Directory couldn't at the time. And I remember the whole SUSE acquisition because... Um, All of our Linux servers. Well, we, I think we went from where Red Hat to SUSE or Seus. Uh, they've changed the name, so I don't. I never know how to pronounce it. Um, anyway, and and that was when I got my crash course in uh, bind. And oh my God, I've learned to hate bind for the rest of my life. Those those few months. Anyway, bought and sold, bought and sold, bought and sold. I think uh, Moss would have a lot more history on that because he has been following the SUSE, buying and selling over and over and over again. Um, but yeah, so. It went public and a good showing. That's nice to see. And then the last thing that we've got in the news, 1Password. For those of you that are using 1Password for your password management, I use Bitwarden personally, but uh, I know there are folks that like to use LastPass. uh, Maybe a little less now because LastPass is being a little, uh, I don't know. I mean, moving more and more things to the paid tier. Let's put it that way. I won't go too crazy on that one. I don't like it. But uh, LastPass is making more things, uh, putting more things in their paid tier. So uh, that leaves Bitwarden and 1Password for your more free options. And uh, now 1Password has a native Linux client. And so now they can actually start uh, fighting Bitwarden for Linux mindshare as far as who's going to do your passwords. So if you have not done a password manager yet, you probably should. And if it's not Bitwarden, check out 1Password. If you want a hosted solution, Otherwise, I think KeyPass X is probably one of the better self hosted solutions.
3: Yeah, KeyPass is probably the best self hosted that I know
2: of. Yeah. But and Bitwarden will let you self host as well. So there's um, that option too.
3: Oh, yeah, that's right. They will. You can host your own Bitwarden.
2: Yeah, they give you a, a a Docker instance. You just run it in Docker, and then your key store is stored in that Docker image as opposed to on Bitwarden server. So if you're a little more tinfoily, you can. Oh, you can hold all the keys, even the, uh, just everything, everything, everything. So I'm one
3: of these Linux mind shares that got picked up from this article because I, I'm not familiar with 1Password until they released on Linux. How does it compare to, like, LastPass? Is it like LastPass, but you also have a desktop client?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I use I use the desktop client uh, almost exclusively on Bitwarden. I don't like tying it into the browser. I know that uh, really kind of kneecaps a lot of the convenience, but, yeah. I mean... With the amount of supply chain attacks that we're about to talk about in security anyway, <laughs> um, I, I don't trust it. I Give me the real uh, signed app by Bitwarden, and I'll use that, and that's, that's pretty much it. Um, mm. But uh, these password managers, that's, that's one of their big claims, is or one of, one of the big features of that is you add it to your browser, and it just autofills all the stuff. And that way, you don't actually have to remember passwords.
3: I might have to check out one password. I'm looking for an alternative.
2: Put a couple of your passwords in it, and uh, I mean something that you log into every now and then, and uh, see how you like it. But you know, as far as if you're just going to use the app, they're the same. Bitwarden and One Password. Um, once you start digging in, uh, I liked Bitwarden's stance on you know they don't hold your keys, they don't whatever, they just they just hold the encrypted store and they transfer that to you, and that lives locally on your um, on your machine until you make changes to it, and then that change uh, you you just you shoot up the new key store. Uh, your new password stored to the server, but Bitwarden never, never holds your key. That's the idea that your password, your master password for everything, they never touch it, they never see it. So that I think is fantastic. Um, but yeah, again, you know, if you if you don't like that, you can just host it yourself. I don't know if you can do any kind of one password self hosting, but that was the last thing. I was like, okay, you know what? They let you do that. I'll trust Bitwarden uh, because of that. Anyway. I guess that'll do it uh, for all of that. I have a question for y'all in the security update, so let's head back Because I brought it up earlier, I wanted to ask you really quickly, uh, and really, really quickly, um, what, what is your basic... If you're, if you're handling your own passwords without a password manager, how do you deal with passwords? How do you make them up? Well, you get a book.
1: For me... You get, I've heard Joe's book thing. Yeah. You get a random book off a shelf. You pick a random page. You smack your finger down on a random point on the page and find a word. You take the first half of that word, write it down, flip open, find another random page, grab the number from that page, put that next to the, the half a word you have, flip open to another random page, find another random word, use the second half of that word. You have a
0: random password.
1: In, Tony, what were you going to say?
0: I got gotcha. you. It's probably not the most secure, but I have a I have a core password that I know, and then I tend to tag on something at the beginning of that and something at the end right. of it, and it usually relates to the to the place where the password. is. That's pretty smart. So,
2: I mean, uh, for for people, I think that that um. Are gonna groan at you when you say your password should be longer than six characters. Those people aren't gonna do the oh, book it's thing. Way longer than that. <laughs> oh, good. But those people aren't gonna do the book thing. I think because they'll find the first half of the word and be like, "Well, that's the whole
0: password. Great." <laughs> yeah. No. No. My core itself is about eight or ten le- uh, letters and characters. Or and the and only words that they'll land and on. And then I add, I add to either end of it. Yeah. Or if. Oh yeah. Or oh cool. And- my password's
2: th. Perfect. Um. Honestly, I'm, I'm more of a phrase guy, um, you know, a personal phrase, something that you say or uh, something that uh, that you do, that you love, a movie quote, something like that. Um, and then, I mean, if 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 the company or the people that are storing the password hash or whatever require that you have caps or exclamation points or whatever, um, you know, obviously meet that requirement. But it should be something that you can remember. Because if you're having to write it down, my guess is you're not storing that in a locked, secured case of some kind to make sure that nobody else can read the password, right? I mean, because security is hard. And if you're writing it down, you got to do that. But if it's something that you can remember, like a phrase, make it as long as you possibly want. People that put in, um, I mean, okay, I get it. Like after 100 characters, like it's getting really unwieldy. But I mean, when you put that upper limit on, on passwords, you're really kind of, uh, you know, kneecapping how secure a password can be because I think overall length trumps everything. If you can get it to like 32, 40 characters, I think you're going to be bottom of the barrel as far as uh, showing up on Have I Been Pwned? <laughs> you're going to be bottom of the barrel, man, <laughs> uh, because of the way that they do a lot of those attacks, a lot of those brute force yeah. attacks.
1: Well, for a brute so, force attack, yeah. But if yeah. if if they end up owning the entire system, then they're going to...
2: You know, yeah, but your your password will likely be one of the last ones because the way that they attack those is through rainbow tables or uh, you know generation or something like that. And when your password is stupidly long, it's going to take forever to get to there. Yeah, and, just I mean, make it, it a phrase that you you know you're right. not going to forget. Make it huge, but something that you can remember. And it, you know, L- it's, if the spider
1: uh, went up the water spout, take out the spaces, I, put some lead in
2: there. That's that's better than the most popular password. One two three four five six. So you know, yeah, heck yeah.
3: Yeah, I do song lyrics with lead, with uh, lead Text.
2: Perfect. See, that's yeah. the kind of thing. Yeah, but is, right? is, it your, you have, is it
3: from your band or do you
1: pick, like, <laughs> other no, bands? No, it's
3: not from my band. Um, it's uh, from just other stuff. Sometimes it's literally, like, the song I have stuck in my head the day that I'm making that password. Oh, <laughs> well, that would be scary. It's not always try. the same. Hey, it's you the forget same your couple password, songs. and then
1: you're like, "What song did I have stuck in my head that?" Day? I've done Come that.
3: On. Yeah, I've done that at work. Oh I, no! Yeah, I, I set some. Uh, I had I set some local switch passwords, and I was like, "Okay, I kind of remember. I remember the band." <laughs> oh <laughs> I start like, no! I start like singing song lyrics, try to find the, find the right one.
0: Yeah, but most the other one I like sometimes I, I just. Sometimes it's forgetting whether you've used an uppercase or yeah, a lowercase yeah. or a symbol instead of a, a yeah. letter or
2: <laughs> I, I usually I usually figure it out as long as there's not some kind of lockout. Like after three times oh, you lock yeah, you yeah. out for then thirty minutes. I'm like, screwed. Well
3: Yeah. Um but yeah. I, I I usually don't know my password because I I generate it. I don't I don't right. usually know any of my passwords.
2: A lot of my passwords are like that now because of Bitwarden. Uh but if you're not using it, man, make it long and make it memorable. So uh, the next thing we got is uh, face fish is a new root kit comes in two parts that affects just about every Linux and BSD box out there. Um, so I, I can't really go too far into it because we're, we're running real late, but the general idea is a two part uh, two part payload. And basically what happens is um, you end up with a rootkit in your machine that gives root level access to this particular root kit. And then at this point, uh, the the people that have given you this rootkit uh, can pretty much do whatever they want to. So mm, 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 mm. we're seeing, uh, and it's actually fairly smart. I forgot about this part where it'll detect the environment. It will uh, decry- uh, de- decrypt the configuration. It'll configure the rootkit on the fly, and then it'll install it. And as as a uh, essentially as a driver in your system, so it's loaded on boot. It's, this is what makes it that rootkit. This is what makes it so dangerous is that it's loaded on, uh, loaded on boot, and you end up with root privileges. To, you, at this point, once you've got root, I, I mean, it's over. Uh, any, any kind of exfiltration they want to do, any kind of installation they want to do, uh, that's, that's pretty much it. So uh, this particular article by uh, NetLab is a fantastic article. It goes really far into uh, what's going on here. And I mean, they do the full-on analysis of it. I love reading these kinds of things; uh, they are fantastic, and I just get the nerd out on this kind of thing. Um, one of the cool things that you can see, though, is uh, what um, how to determine if uh, if it's actually there. So uh, take a look at that if you're interested. And I did have a question: um, How many people like the security section, and how deep should we go? Um, because if we have more time, I can go deep.
1: I do enjoy the security section. Now, I think we should save going deeper for when we dedicate a show to it. We have done that mm-hmm. in the past where we've had entire yes. shows dedicated to security. So if we find one that we really mm-hmm. like, we make that the innards for the week, even if we got to push out our current topic another two weeks. That doesn't bother me at
2: yeah. all. Oh, yeah. So the other one, because we talked about the solar winds hack a while back, um, that group uh, nobility or no, I forget what the name, uh, what their name actually was. But um, that group has been asleep since then. They've been dormant. No one has seen hide nor hair of this group until now. So what, the, what this group is doing now is taking over machines by, uh, by, distribute, by distributing an ISO that contains a link file that opens a PDF. That then infects your machine, so it's uh, it's kind of interesting the way that this is actually working. So it's worldwide, but uh, a lot more people in the U.S. are getting hit by this than anything else. So while it might be you know anybody getting it, it seems like there's an actual target or targets that uh, that are um, that are being looked at in this one. But anyway, um, the the long and short of it is, yeah, uh, if you get an ISO. Download it on your machine. For the love of God, don't click on the link file. Uh, that, will, that will actually turn on everything. And again, um, you end up with um, you know, them being able to exfiltrate data, uh, them being able to install additional things. So, yeah, once you click on that link file, it's pretty much over. It's time to reformat your machine immediately. How are they, and, how
3: are they fishing you into downloading the ISO? Like, how are they- uh,
2: An email. It's an email, uh, as all of them are. It's an email phishing uh, – it's a phishing email that looks like it's coming from the United States um, – uh, oh, what is it? It's, it's, it's an agency from the U.S. And that's why more people in the U.S. are getting hit with it. Um, AID, what? Uh, agency for International Development. That's what it is. Um, so there's an email that comes in. You click on the link, and then it uh, automatically downloads an ISO. And if Windows is set up to automatically mount that, then it's easy to just double-click on the link, which is – you know, click me, right? And then you infect yourself with it. What but you're I mean, saying that's, that's is, how most of this is stuff don't is. Use Windows. Well, yeah. But I mean, you know, I, I imagine Wine can run a PDF within some kind of environment. Yeah, but it's not going to automatically
1: kick off an ISO.
2: No, it won't. But I mean, that's the thing, though, is I mean, 90% plus people are running Windows. So while we can gloat about not being infected here on Linux, we just talked about a rootkit that was Linux only. Well, Linux and BSD only. Unix is. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, man, it is not great. So I just thought we would follow up with, uh, with that group. They're at it again. At it again. All right. We'll close this section and this half. And uh, yeah, get out of here. this time last time we had like five that we don't normally have but this time we have the normal one which is our nor our next episode is going to be 2 p.m u.s central time on june 13th, 2021 normal time oh ow i'm gonna i'm typing this out our saturday stream will be at 2 p.m u.s central time on checking the calendar the 6th june sixth. 2021. Yay. No, I'll, Look at I'll that. Try to make that. So, one. hey, anybody try to make that one? That show, it's, is it even a show? Is it even a show? I don't know. It's us sitting around chatting about techie things. It's basically like a whole other Wanderings, but with absolutely no script. So, you have no idea what's going to happen. Uh, just yeah, just there you around. go. Yeah. Maybe we'll toss on a little bit. Chewing game the cud sooner or later. The Texas version of that <laughs> is Chewing the Cud. All right, so that'll do it for the show then. Uh, Joe, where can we get
1: more of you? Well, you can catch me on a couple other podcasts. I'm on the Linux Link Tech Show, which is every Wednesday evening. That's www.tllts.org. I'm on the Linux Lugcast, www.linuxlugcast.com. We record the first and third Friday of every month. Uh, You can go out to the website, get the information, and join us. Anybody that wants to be on the podcast, please join. Um, you can catch me on MeWe, or you can send me an email directly, jb jb.mintcast.org. Nice. And Bo? Uh, Josh and I uh, do
3: another Linux podcast uh, called Crowbar Kernel Panic. Um, it's, uh, it's a gaming podcast, um, but from two Linux nerds. So it's Linux Gaming Podcast. And you can email that podcast at crowbarkernelpanic at pm.me. And please do, because we haven't gotten any emails to read on the show yet. Uh, we've gotten a few YouTube con- comments, but no uh, no emails. And Josh and I are wondering if
0: the email even works. <laughs> All right. And Tony Hughes. I'm on Twitter at TonyH1212. Uh, you can get me at th at org. And you can also get me at distrohoppersdigest at gmail dot com. And the next episode of that will be recorded on Wednesday the ninth of June, and probably go out three or four Very days cool. later. You
2: know what, Tony? Outside of the outside of the folks I like to hang around, like uh, Tony Siak and Tony Sierna, um, you're the only Tony on the show anymore. Do I have to keep saying Hughes, or do you like yeah. that? No.
0: you,
2: you- Call,
0: call, You're just Tony, Tony now. Look at this. Call me Tony A. Look at this. <laughs> delete forever. it on the live stream,
2: live for everybody to see. It's just Tony now. It's just Tony now. So, the uh, Tony. Hey, you got to change it to the, the Tony. Hold on. The hold on. Tony. There it is. The Tony. <laughs> there it is. All right. So um, Josh didn't hear this time, but as you heard, Crowbar Colonel Panic comes out all the time. Uh, when, when, is it, when does it come out, Bo? Is, uh, is there any, we, any set schedule or is it just whenever?
3: We live stream it every Saturday that's opposite the Sundays that we, re, we live stream this. So uh, we should be doing one this coming Saturday. On the 6th when um, we're doing our
1: other live stream. Oh,
2: and that, that's in the evening, oh, that's right? that's a
3: good point. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we're, we're competing shows. Oh, crap. No, no, no.
2: Wait, wait, wait. What, what, what time is it?
3: Uh, we do it at about 7 oh, o'clock after
1: Standard Time. That's
2: well after. No, we're good. So check this out. Here's what you do. Here's what you do. You just set up your Saturday. Here it is. You get you get munchies, you get drinks, and you just come and hang out. So at two Central US, you come hang out with the Mintcast crew. Sometimes that's Bo, sometimes that's Josh, sometimes you know whoever. And then we we chew the cud for a little while, and then you take a break. You take a little break, or, have yourself or, or, an early or we dinner, we some gaming,
1: and then we switch right yeah. into to CKP.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That'd be awesome. you, you yeah. go. You go mow the lawn. You do what you got to do. You no, take no, care of your business, your and day. then you come mm, back around. You don't get anything <laughs> else done. <to, laughs> oh stuck. man, I don't know if I have that much time, but you take a quick break in between the two shows. Come back at uh, seven o'clock. That's not central, right? So it'd be six o'clock central.
3: Seven. Is yeah. That, so yeah, six o'clock central. Yeah.
2: All right. So you got you got you got about three hours. So it's like two to three central time on uh, on the mincast Saturday show. Then you got three hours. Then you come back and you check out CKP. That's cool. And then uh,
3: I usually get the show posted by Wednesday. So
2: nice. All right. So see, we got your Saturday planned out for you. Now all you got to do is follow through. Oh, you're going to have to change <laughs> Josh too. <laughs> why Josh? Oh, he is. He's the only Josh. I don't know why. Yeah, true. He has. He, oh, you know what? He's just going to be Josh on tech now. That's going to be his, yeah. his last name is on tech. Right. <laughs> so Josh Hawk, you can get him at Josh on tech at org, at Josh on tech on Twitter and most of the show, social sites. And, of course, Crowbar Kernel Panic. Go check that out. Uh, Mike's not with us today, but Mike at Mintcast.org and Grouchy M on Discord and Telegram. As for me, Leo uh and at LeoChavez on Twitter, at Leo at C.im on Mastodon. You can find me also. LinuxHuserspace.show should be coming out the beginning of July. And, of course, if you want to buy me a coffee, there's a link to do that. But before we leave, we want to make sure to acknowledge some of the people who make Mintcast possible. Owen oh, Peary for our audio editing. Josh Lowe for all his work on the website. Hobstar for our logo. And Londoner for our time sync. Bytemark Hosting for hosting Mintcast.org and our Mumble server. Archive.org for hosting our audio files. HPR for backup for our backup Mumble room. I'm going to get through this outro, I promise. Uh, the Linux Mint development team for the fine distro we love to talk about every fortnight. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Thanks Paul. And-
1: This has been another episode of the
3: MintCast podcast. The show notes for this episode are at mintcast.org. You can send us email at mintcast at mintcast.org. You can find more information about Linux Mint at www.linuxmint.com. You can follow both MintCast and Linux Mint on Twitter, at MintCast and at Linux underscore Mint. Thanks to Mark Blasco Podcast themes.com for our theme music. And thanks for listening to this episode of The Midnights.
2: Stomping my recording. We're back in. Tony, Tony, you made it. I'm sorry. Hey, it's cool. it's it is, not it midnight. We have, we have tortured you enough. <laughs> no, he's
0: <it's> not midnight.
2: <laughs> we have definitely tortured you. Right, I'm going into audacity. I'm going to stop the audacity.